this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. What's up, everybody? This is amazing. It's good to be here um, in the Twitch world talking vinyl today. Um, hope you guys are having a good week. I um, Something weird happened to me. Um, I, I probably go to a record store about every other day, and uh, I think it's it's good for the soul. You know, Now that I'm here in L.A., I try to find a new store every day. And uh, there's a lot of good stores. There's a lot of good places. But once in a while, you you know, weird things happen. You know, you, you, you get something and uh, you think, hey, this is a good find. You know, this is uh, kind of in my realm of music I love. Um, so I find this Jimi Hendrix album and I'm thinking, this is awesome. Seven bucks. I'm like, and it's, I've ne- I have all, most of the, the, the Hendrix collection. And so there's some stuff I don't have, but I do have quite a bit. And I was like, you know, this is cool. I don't have it. You know, it's seven bucks. Like then, I, now, you know, when you, it's funny when you find a record and then you think they don't know what they're doing and you're like, dude, I could, I could hawk this on eBay or something. Like you think that this is a good find. So I was like, this is so exciting. So I get this, this record, right. And I, I take it home and I'm like, you know, kind of listening to it. Something feels off about it. And uh, I'm not quite sure what it is. And I'm kind of playing it around. It's got, here's some of the songs on it. Um, it's, uh, and it's, a, I think it's a bootleg. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's, it's kind of, but it's not like a live performance bootleg. So it's just, it just, it's just weird. It's a weird album. And so, you know, it's called moods, Jimi Hendrix moods. And, so, and here's some of the songs, a mumbling word, miracle worker from this day on human heart, feel that soul. And, and it's a lot of songs I've never heard of, but it's all, but they kind of bill it as the kind of the early blues years of Hendrix, like when he was just kind of doing covers and, and that kind of thing. So I'd start to go down, you know, kind of the internet looking into this record. And apparently it's a fake. And uh, they've got, they've put this out. Um, there's a, there's a, quite a few forms. And people uh, say that the original guitarist is Herman Hitson, who, and some of the Ohio players are involved. And it's apparently, it's like... <laughs> It's kind of a Milli Vanilli thing where this record is circulating and it's going around. And Hendrix apparently isn't. Some people say he's on one track. Some people say he has nothing to do with it. And he said that, you know, it was kind of this thing where they build it as an early Hendrix album. But it's Hendrix nowhere on the album. And if you listen to it, it, it you know, to be honest with you, you know, most blues can, you know, if you could play the blues at all, you sound pretty good. So you can't tell it if it's not like, obviously it's not a Hendrix sound where it's psychedelic and all that kind of later stuff that he kind of invented on his own. But you could see you could, in your head, you could be like, maybe it's Hendrix playing, you know, just kind of more traditional blues, but apparently it's not him. And, uh, but I've, but some people say it is, and some people say it isn't. So if you know anything about this album, 
I'd be curious if, you know, you know, the controversy behind uh, Hendrix Moods. So that's why it was $7. So <laughs> I got this because apparently it is a, some people say it's a fake. So if, uh, you know, maybe later we'll talk a little bit about it, but it was interesting to, to kind of, you know, to, to kind of hear about it and all the, you know, you go on forums and people are like, this is not Hendrix. And they go back and forth. It's the whole thing. So it's very, it's very interesting. I love that kind of controversy stuff. So today, um, the rest of the month, I believe this is the last of, of the month, uh, day of the month that we're doing soundtracks. And so very excited uh, to kind of get in today's, uh, you know, featured soundtrack. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of do um, a random pull of some of my albums and then maybe see if you can guess which soundtrack we're doing today. So uh, these are some of Dustin's uh, random pulls. And uh, the first is Dick Dale, um, is it, who's an amazing uh, surf rock guitarist. One of the best you're ever going to hear. Uh, there's a lot of uh, great. This is a really good. I got this for Christmas. It's one of my great finds. Uh, once in a while, your, you know, your family gets you stuff you love for Christmas. And this is one of them. This is the greatest hits. Uh, Dick Dale is if you like surf rock, surf rock to me is one of the best forms of music people don't listen to um, because it's if you like rock and roll, it's 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 beyond it. It's, uh, you know, it, it it's you know, I mean, like people like their metal and, and people like fast, but this is kind of a different kind of sound. That's it's fast music, but it's you know, it's kind of got this this kind of I don't know, this authentic California feel to it. And I really love it. It's kind of like Beach Boys on acid kind of music. It's a lot of fun. They were on acid, but, you know, beyond that. So there's Dick Dale. And then we're going to go uh, some Cool in the Gang. This is a, this is a rare Cool in the Gang album. Um, if you, um, you know, a lot of people know Cool in the Gang from Celebrate and stuff like that. But they were a really great funk band way before they got successful. And this is a cool album. Uh, this is Good Times, which is a great song. And it's got a lot of good stuff on it. So get you some cool in the, the old cool in the game. Find some of the old stuff is really a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Then we got old Ricky Nelson here. Ricky Nelson is uh, the old heart throb. So uh, you got to get some good stuff with Ricky. Uh, it's just uh, that Honeycomb's good song, Baby, I'm Sorry. Just, you know, sweet, just great kind of loungy love song music. Good stuff. Uh and we got a little, let's see, we got a little Chuck Berry, who's one of my favorites of all time. Chuck Berry's uh, one of the best. Um, you're not going mean, to, I think, in, you know, they say Elvis, I say Chuck Berry. And uh, when it comes to kind of the king of rock and roll. And so this is a great, uh, this is a double. I, I got this for a buck, man. It like one of those fancy. Here's what you do. If you live in a place where there's a fancy neighborhood, Find the fancy neighborhood where there's a cul-de-sac and a double-story house, wherever the pools are, all the fancy people, all the follow the BMWs, all the Mercedes. Find that neighborhood and then find their goodwill. Find their Salvation Army because what you're going to find in there is a lot of really good stuff that rich people don't want. <laughs> so Sometimes rich people throw out vinyl. You, and they, you know, got this for a buck. It's a really good, you know, amazing double disc, uh, Chuck Berry. I got a whole bunch of Beatles with it that are really hard to find because, you know, people are like, oh, that's my grandma's. They put it in a bin. They don't realize it's worth money because they have money. So anyway, that's a good place to find vinyl is uh, Salvation Army and a Goodwill in, in a good neighborhood. It's hard to find them because they're good neighborhoods, but you can find them. And then last here we have Dusty Springfield. 
And uh, this is a really cool album as well. It's got a lot of the hits on it and just, uh, you know, really cool twangy sound of the 60s and 50s and stuff. Um, if, you, if you like, you know, this kind of really kind of cool music, um, I recommend this one. This is Stay A While, I Only Want To Be With You. It's kind of a rare one. Um, so one of my treasures as well. So, um, so yeah, so we got a lot to start the show with. We got the controversial Jimi Hendrix and then we got a, you know, then we got the surprise uh, soundtrack today. So very excited uh, to be here and to start the show with my co-host, uh, a very funny, musical, talented guys. Give it up for Jeffrey Paul, Adam Holtz. What's up, guys? <laughs> hey, Adam. How are you, Adam? Hey, I'm doing pretty Dustin, good. How's everybody? <laughs> Everybody's good. Adam got the hello before me. I like right. it. <laughs> you're moving up, Adam. You get you're getting the yeah. hello. There we go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, you know what? Uh, right <laughs> off the top, we got uh, Mad Dabin says Dustin knows the good secrets. <laughs> nice i like that does he know anything about that album because that was i i really was i had no idea this is what i know about the album have, have you heard it's, about it yeah it's it i'm very curious if if you brought it to someone who really kind of understands albums what you would get for that album because that's a very rare album to find you know you yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna go into to record stores and find that. Yeah, um, th that's why I grabbed it. I was like, this is, I, I didn't even know that. I was like, this just feels like I should grab it, so. Yeah, I, yeah. and what also made it a little, um, added to the controversy, it was never um, authorized by uh, the Hendrix estate, you know, after he, he passed away. And I believe the guitar player uh, was um, Johnny Youngblood. Was young well, there's a bunch of them. I heard her. I read Herman Hitson right, and Johnny Young book. There's a couple of them. That's the thing. I think it's like five guys. I don't think it's just one guy. Yeah, it could. You, you could be right about. It, but yeah, but but it is a very uh, rare album. And I, I, you know, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, like if, if, that, that no one would make bootlegs on this album. So that's got to be like the one that's that you know that, that's out. It's got to be worth something. I'm telling you, it's worth more than some bucks. Yeah. No, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, you know, it, I've read a bunch of different controversies on it. You know, they said Youngblood or Hitson, whatever, you know, Ohio players. Like, I don't even, you know, it's interesting, you gotta, though. But, you got to uh, bring it on porn stars. Yeah. Oh, you got about, uh, right now on eBay, there's about, you know, you get it between $15 or $30 for it. You see? Yeah. Already yeah, doubling you know. your money, Dustin. I yeah. also <laughs> fucking love, 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 love the albums that you pulled. And to everyone who you brought up to me is underrated, but I mean, I, the, the one that stands out to me so much, I, I, I love Dusty Springfield. Uh, I thought she, you know, she was a pioneer. She was, you know, I don't know if people know her story. She was a big star in the, in the sixties. She, she was a lesbian. She had to kind of keep it a, a secret, but she was this amazing talent. She recorded probably one of my all time top 10 songs of all time, uh, you don't have to say you love me. It's such a she's such a powerful voice. Oh my god! Yeah, um, so and cool. I love your your, your pull of uh, Dick Dale, who I think is also in the in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is he um, right? He should be. I think so Dick cool. Dale, love Dale, that music. Ricky Nelson, Chuck Berry. I think they're all in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Was Was anybody able to guess the soundtrack we're doing from my pool? Did anybody? Can you guess the uh, soundtrack we're doing today from all the albums that I pulled? Nobody, nobody yet. Hey guys, so I pulled all those albums. Try to try to guess which uh, soundtrack from which film that uh, that we're doing today. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller, Bueller. 
Mueller. Some nose right now. <laughs> Mueller. <laughs> really? Dick, Dick Dale is, come on, that's, that's got to be the giveaway. You would think. People don't know. You know. All right. They think they know. All right. So nobody, I thought that, that was a fun way to you know do it. Problem, I thought Justin, that would be a fun way to do you it, you know? Yeah, I think it's a great, you didn't pull any uh, uh, urge overkill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to do Neil Diamond. Right. Because I feel mm-hmm. ultimately it would be a Neil Diamond, but you know, I don't have any mm-hmm. urge overkill, but I have Neil Diamond. I was going to do Neil Diamond, but I figured, you know. Mm. All right. Okay, so, All right. should we fill hey, so anyway, go in? Anyway, go ahead. Nobody's going to come in. So, okay. <laughs> so, listen, th- those were good hints, folks. I don't know how you're not getting that one, especially. <laughs> Dick, I don't think Dick they're paying Dale. attention. They're playing PlayStation 5. Yeah. They're not paying attention. <laughs> well, stop playing PlayStation 5 and learn something. Come on. We, we we bring you great content every week. We do. We really do. We, we're giving you a musical education here. And now we're combining this with movies and a 1994 classic that classic. sold over uh, three and a half uh, million copies. Only made it to number 21 on Billboard. Okay. This is uh, this is obviously uh, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Um, and, you know, when listening to the soundtrack, it's a mixture of surf, soul, pop. It sounds like if Tarantino was hanging out with us and making us a mixtape, these are the songs that he would throw on here. Right. That, that's what I got of it. So let's let's go. Let's go. Um, let's break down these tracks here and let's start with I think probably the most one of the more memorable ones is the Dickdale uh, um, uh, uh track. Um, this is the one that, you know, starts off at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, you know, honey bunny dialogue, you know, with Amanda Plummer and, you know, it, it the line, uh, I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. And then it cuts into that, that fast fluttery, uh, guitar playing. And what, um, what Dick Dale was known for was like, you know, like you said, he was king of the uh, surf music, but his style was like a reverb type of sound. And it's it's very distinctive, very fast. You know, it's so great, so influential on guys like Hendrix and uh, and any of like you know like the Yardbirds and like you know bands that came after uh, Dick Dale. Um, to to make this song though, he recorded it ninety five times uh, wow. to get it just right. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And again, it's it's such it's so identifiable. I think the one thing. With all the songs on the soundtrack, it's so identifiable with scenes in the movie. Like mm-hmm. you can't like not hear these songs and that, and it doesn't take you to um, to, to the movie. Like uh, let's go with uh, the second track on it, uh, "Jungle Boogie." Uh, you know, it's cool in the gang, nineteen seventy three. Yeah, but th- this is but this is cool in the gang before like their hits and celebration and everything, you know, when they became more of like a pop band, a pop uh, uh, R&B band, they, before they had um, uh, JT in the band, they were a heavy horn, you know, kind of like, you know, really like funk uh, band. Um, this, this song for like a funk song to me has like the frantic surf rock feel to it, but with groove. Does that make sense? I didn't really get the surf rock from it. I mean, I just it to me it's well, just I'm not saying, funk, I'm not cool saying in the that, game, yeah, man. And that's no, no, I'm not saying that it's surf rock, but I'm saying you know that frantic, you know, like like, like the first song, like in Missoula, that frantic style. I feel like if there's a funk version of it, it's uh, Jungle Boogie. Okay, um, and this song people may know. Like, uh, listen, if 
I'm, I'm an old guy. I get it. All right. You know, everyone may not like, you know, no. You are old. That's why your internet's frozen. Right. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, no. But can you hear Turn me? your phone off. You yeah, got your can, phone off. hear you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. So if, if you, if, you know, for, for people like, maybe say hey man i've heard this song before yeah you have uh this was sampled on the beastie boys hey ladies this was sampled by madonna on uh, erotica and it has that really intense 70s feel yeah it's great oh is he off yeah yeah i think he's <laughs> <laughs> he got he got his old man his old man cricket uh <laughs> freaking wi-fi Mm-hmm. Uh, any questions? I think could you guys like the Pulp Fiction soundtrack? Talk to me. What do you got? Jeff is like in space right now. I'd love to talk to anybody out there. Pay yeah, attention let's to see. me, damn got, it. Uh, Stop uh, Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Let's go. What do you got, guys? Yeah, we got one of the viewers saying this was a great soundtrack. It made the movie good. Uh, yeah, it's about it's about all we have right now. It did make the movie good, and it's like you know, it, it's really important to watch this movie and. You know, you can't just listen to the soundtrack and not see the movie. Obviously, right. You know, that's this is one of those those things. It goes, it encompasses itself. And I think Tarantino successful because of his placement of music. Like that's that's part of the, the whole the whole thing is like he's such a fan of so so much, you know, and he puts all of it into his films. You know, he's such a such a fan of like old cinematography and such a fan of like French films and such a fan of like, you know, uh, Asian cop movies and such a fan of, you know, soul music and Al Green and like all these different, you know, kind of genres of music. And so it just, it, it, it makes the scenes better. Like, you know, like the scene in Pulp Fiction where, you know, they're in that, you know, the diner and, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a fifties themed diner. And then like everything is kind of a throwback to the music yeah. as well. The, the, even the kind of the way it looks, it matches the music and like, you know, everything is just really just in the thing with Dick Dale, the beginning of it, when it's just like, when you just see the Pulp Fiction, you know, the lettering go down and they're playing that, that rock, that, you know, that surf yeah. rock music. And it's just, it just, the whole thing, you're just like, Oh my God, what is this? And you can't look away in the entire movie. Like, you know, just kind of like the music is what kind of keeps you in it. Right. Right. They were saying uh, there, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Jeff. Yes. Spectrum. <laughs> Folks, Spectrum is the worst cable provider ever. I am very, very hey, they, sorry. They might about sponsor that. us one day. So let's, let's be careful. Like shitting on, uh, I, <laughs> who knows? Oh, I fucking hate them. I hate them. All right. Um, so yeah, we were just talking about Jeff. We were talking about kind of like, you know, like how important obviously the music is to this movie. Especially and, and, to a Tarantino film. Well, yeah, that's yeah. But what I was saying was it's kind of like, you know, Tarantino is such a fan of so many things. And so it's like his fan, you know, he's such a fanboy of certain types of music and film and stuff like that. And so just his love of kind of, you know, this this music that's on this soundtrack, just like it's just, a, you know, we would a lot of people wouldn't know a lot of music if it wasn't for guys like this. You know, this is a guy that will kind of get you into to things you're normally not into like like certain people got into you know kind of pam greer movies because of what he did with one with you know, jackie, brown. jackie brown yeah. yeah so it's like that's what i'm saying it's like he you know he opens it up and you're just like you, you, you like al green i really got into al green after this you know well, it's just like 
you know, and Dick Dale and all that stuff. It's funny that you brought up Al, Al Green because that was the next uh, song I was going to talk about was Let's Stay Together, which again, a 70s song, 1971. Um, it was a number one song for, for him. But here's an interesting thing about Al Green. He didn't want to record this song. Uh, he didn't like it. He wasn't, when they recorded it, he wasn't happy with the way it came him out um and tell me like you hear this and it's a beautiful it's a great great song but tell me you don't hear uh this song and think of uh marcellus wallace uh asking butch to take mm-hmm. a fall and i think like what, what i don't know if tarantino did to some purpose i'm sure he did because he's a genius is um the song is called let's stay together but the mm-hmm. last Thing that Marcellus Wallace and Butchie ever want to do is stay together, especially after what happens to Marcellus Wallace. Yeah, when I think of the right? song, I just think of a, a just a, a head with a band aid. Like, right. that's, <laughs> I don't even know what they're talking about. Like, I figured it out, but I just see the. I just thought that was such a weird kind of cinematical thing with the band aid. Like, it's just weird. And then that song, and that's such a beautiful song being played with that, you know, weird scene. It's such a cool, it's such a cool song. Um, yeah. And then you had uh, busting uh, surfboards by the tornadoes, and it's you know it's it's it's, it's a it's a background. Uh, and, and you know what makes this because it was so sexy because this was Rosanna Arquette talking about uh, tongue piercings while giving head, you know. So yeah. so it's kind of hard to like focus on the music on that one, but again, it brings you back to the scene. Yeah, and... I'm a feminist, so I was totally focused on the music. I'm um, did you like the song, guys like the song Lonesome Town, Ricky Nelson? Yeah, it's great. I love yeah. I, I like all of it, man. This is I love, I love, perfect. I love, love Ricky Nelson. You know, it, it, people may know he had the, the big hit Traveling Man, but yeah. this was a great song too. And it, it, it's an it's kind of like this this is it was a song that was like back in the late 1950s. And the song was originally supposed to uh, be for uh, Eddie Cochran. Um, and and the way it was, you know, initially written, uh, especially for Eddie Cochran, it was supposed to be more piano driven, more yeah. congas, a little bit more upbeat. And then one of the studio musicians was like, you know what? This would be better suited as a guitar song. Um, the guy who wrote it, uh, Baker Knight, was... Uh, when when you're afraid to go outside, what are you agoraphobic? Oh, agoraphobic. Agoraphobic. Yes. So he he was a COVID. I think they call it COVID. They call it COVID <laughs> now. Right. Well, now we're all agoraphobics. You're right. Um, yeah, but when he wrote the song, he wrote it because he was agoraphobic and he wasn't a performer. He wrote it just so we can make some extra um, some money so we can pay his rent. And, mm. you know, this is this turns out to be a classic. So the arrangement changes on it. You know, the artist changes on it and it becomes like a, a big hit. Number seven hit in 1958. Um, and then and, and then was the other thing is, was he a big heartthrob, this guy? Ricky Nelson? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I knew you know who his sons are, right? And who? Nelson's, you I'm remember, sure. Remember <laughs> the, the band of guys with the long blonde hair? Nelson, they had the song After the Rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you was, remember that Adam? was his son. Matthew yeah, it was the first Gunner CD Nelson. I ever got. It was the first CD you ever got. Talk about yep. it. Yeah, so that was, I think it was 80... 88. It was 88, yeah. Um, that's, that's the, I think it's the only song I remember off of it. Was that... Uh, What's the song? What song is it? Uh, After the Rain. After the Rain. Uh, yeah, had, the rain. You had a couple of... Uh, Love and Affection was a huge, huge Oh, no, no, yeah, Love and Affection. That was the big one yeah. off of that, that uh, album. Right. Um, Love and Affection. And do you know who, do you know who Matthew Gunner's... Um, 
you know, Emma Matthew uh, Nelson's girlfriend was? Oh. Adam? Pat Benatar? Uh, no, it, <laughs> not. No, it was Bobby Brown, the girl from the uh, Cherry Pie video. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Nobody knows uh, who that is, but I, I love that you just said that. That's so funny for the Cherry yeah. Pie video. <laughs> Iconic video. Warrant. Um, warrant. That's Warrant, right? Yeah, yes. Very good. Warrant. Very good. Very interesting uh, story. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, good Dustin. You got one right. You got one right. Good, good job. Good, good boy, Dustin. <laughs> um, and, and then who we were talking about before, Dusty Springfield, fucking absolutely nails it with son of a preacher man. Uh, this is my definition of white soul, 1968. Again, a song written uh, initially. This song was offered to Aretha Franklin. She turns it down. And then a year later, she's like, no, I want that. I, I, I got to record that. But Dusty Springfield is, is is the one who's always connected to the song. Just such an amazing, amazing. It's a good uh, scene. Song. It's a good, great scene in the movie too, where he's like, that's right before he sees, you know, the whole thing go down with the. Uh, it's that's he's in the car, right? That's when he's like goes. To yeah, get sort his of a preacher watch. man. I, th- I think that was um, when he goes to Mia Wallace's house. Okay. And that was yeah <laughs> when uh, Vincent Vega goes there. Okay, is it the scene? Oh, is this when he kills uh, is This when he kills him. No, no, no. Oh, the son of a he's preacher in the man. Car. Is, I know he's in the car. That's being played right. I think when he car. gets to when he gets to her house, and then he's walking okay. in. And, yeah, he's, um, and then do you guys remember the song "Bullwinkle" Part Two by the Centurions? It's kind of like a dreamy surf uh, song. It would kind of sound like every surf song you ever heard, except what made this song really stand out is that that crazy sax solo. Yeah. Right. That's, that's so much, song. so much, you know, fusion in this, this album, you know, so many cool different, you know, kind of sounds of, you know, it's so loungy and I just, yeah, just such yeah, a good yeah. listen. Yeah. That's, that's a good, uh, speaking of loungy, uh, the Chuck Berry tune, you never can tell. I heard you guys talking about it. Tell me, this is the scene where they're at Jack uh, Rabbit Slim's for the yes. twist concert. Yep. Uh, yeah. Concert. So cool. Right. And it has that song has that boogie woogie piano feel to it. Act solo in that as well. And tell me you you can't like if this song came on the radio, you're not immediately thinking John Travolta and, uh, <laughs> Uma, and Thurman. Uh, Uma Thurman, you know, dancing to this with their arms like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 There you go, Dustin. Very good. Um, <laughs> uh, OK. Yeah. And then then the, then I, I think the. Was this had to be, be comics on guys, here? Just so you know. Go ahead. Would you, <laughs> would you say that that girl you'll be a woman uh, soon uh, is the single off this like the big hit? I mean, you it, would say that. I think so. I think. Uh, I mean, that's first off. That's the only '90s band that's on there. Yeah. And, that's right. um, I mean, it's you can't really have a hit off this, you know, because it's it's a lot of retro music. So I think that's you know, I mean, some bands, it's, I guess, some albums do that, like Guardian of the Galaxy. I guess some of those kind of, you know, I don't know, I don't know why yeah. it was twenty because I was playing the hell out of this soundtrack all the time. So this was a great soundtrack. And yeah. the thing is, this song had only come out two years earlier on a on a, a Urge Overkill album, um, and Tarantino was obsessed by the song, man. Um, this is a, a remake of the 1967 uh, Neil Diamond song of the same name. Uh, and Tarantino said, hey, he thought this was better than the original. And it, 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 it's 
it's this is the scene where Uma Thurman is back in the apartment and she's dancing by herself, mm-hmm. right? Can you guys even think of another song that could could would even be like better than in this scene? Like this this song just works so perfectly with with what's going on in the movie. Yeah, I mean, this is the perfect song right before heroin overdose. You know, it really is. Just it's it's what you want to hear before you you know snort heroin. You know, it's like it's what you want. You know, it's what you want to feel before you almost die and have to have a a shot in your heart. You know, this is the kind That's of also a wild scene. Just being all serious. I'm trying to go you for jokes. It's <laughs> such a serious guy. <laughs> I, I want to get to, I want to get to the music. I love okay. the music in this, Dustin. You don't understand how much I like. Or, uh, but speaking of songs I don't like, is the the only original song f- from the on the um on the soundtrack is this one. Um, if love is a, a red dress, um, eh, Maria McKee, kind of like dreamy. It's the whistling song. It's got that kind of slow dragging guitar. I'm, I'm, I'm I wasn't a big fan of it. I, maybe because it's, the song is so over. It's not terrible, but just so overshadowed by everything that is so so good on this. Um, another crazy song on this is Comanche by the Rebels. Um, th- this is the scene. This is the scene where Marcellus is getting sexually assault- assaulted. This is the song that was playing. Do you know what? Do you guys know what song that uh, Tarantino originally wanted to be in this scene? Uh, Deliverance. I don't know what. <laughs> he, he originally, <laughs> yeah, Ned Beatty was going to sing it, <laughs> but he was going to snort it. <laughs> <laughs> that was not going to be. Burn his... out. <laughs> well, that why you been, got a pro- bandaid on your head? All right, go ahead. That probably would have worked as well, but no, Tarantino <laughs> originally wanted um, "My Sharona" by The Knack, and he because he hmm. just thought it would be really funny. Okay, so now he go he goes to try and get the consent from the band. Like you know, they have to. Okay, one of the guys is a is a, a born again Christian in in uh, the knack, and he was he was kind of turned off by Tarantino's uh one of previous films. Um, well, what, what's 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 the one when he cuts off the guy's Reservoir ears? Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, and that was a great kinda, soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so he wasn't too happy with that, and then. When he asked, what scene is this <laughs> song going to be in? Uh, so it was kind of like, nah. So they wind up going with Comanche. Yeah. And it works with its glaring horns. And it's just, it, it, yeah. it's just like, it's just kind of like a, it, he always finds a way, Tarantino. Um, Dustin, were you a big Stadler Brothers fan? Yeah. Yeah. I think not, I wouldn't say big, but, you know, I love all that kind of music. You know, what's, what's some of their other hits? Um, I, I don't know. I wasn't a big Stadler Brothers fan. Yeah. I know they were like, like they were popular. My father used to listen to them. They yeah. they were grand. They won a couple of Grammys. This group. Um, and I just know that they're not really brothers. I think only two of them are actually brothers yeah. in the Stadler Brothers. Um, but this was a top ten uh, single. Flowers on the wall. That's and a again, great, this is something great song. That, great song. Yeah, it is. I mean, that, that's the great thing about doing this show. Is because I remember previously when I would listen to the soundtrack. I mean, there was a lot of stuff, I, and I would always get to the end of the album because yeah. I would replay a lot of like what I heard yeah. already because I loved it so much. So, Adam, um, how'd you feel about the soundtrack? What's a little Adam? I mean, this was one of my favorite soundtracks in the '90s. I used to have the Pulp Fiction poster with Uma Thurman on the wall, and uh, 
I mean, a lot of these, I mean, we were talking about the Statler brothers. This is probably the first time when I had originally heard the soundtrack, that was the first time I'd ever heard of the Statler brothers. It's the first time I, you know, probably heard, um, well, first of all, I heard Son of a Preacher Man. Uh, a lot of these songs, it was the first time. And and I really, and yeah. like we were saying before, like that, that Urge Overkill cover of Girl, You Will Be a Woman Soon was the whole reason I bought the soundtrack. Me nice. too. And then just, and then I just kept playing it over and over and over. It's just, it's just such a fantastic soundtrack. And um, I know I, I saw this quote about uh, Tarantino that he's the master of the needle drop, which I think is such a perfect... Mm such a perfect uh, summation of of his soundtracks and just yeah. how his songs are just so perfect for every single scene. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Once Upon a Time in America was great too, or in Hollywood, that was great. Yeah. Just a placement of all that music. Yeah, you know, um, I uh, I have the screenplay, the original screenplay where half the movie's not even in it. So if you get a chance, if you could read, if you want to read through some really funny scenes, like, just even that scene, the dialogue keeps going and going in the diner with her and Uma and Travolta and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's really cool to like, you know, kind of read all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I feel like this was, you know, this is, this is like something we'd never seen before, you know, kind of the way he placed music in a film. And a lot of people try <laughs> to do what he did, you know, I feel oh, yeah. like people try, well, you know, also starting the film like in the middle. Yeah. Was well, it, that's some style, of that's been too. done in like French film and stuff, but he got a lot of that stuff from European movies. But, but yeah, but just the, you know, but, but that freaked everybody out. I had a girlfriend and uh, we broke up because uh, she couldn't understand Pulp Fiction. Like she kept going, she, kept, she couldn't understand, like she was like why it started there and it didn't make sense. She couldn't, she, she was so dumb. She couldn't put it together that you know it was different placements and stuff and i was just like and literally it was like one of the defining moments where i was like i can't see you anymore if i have to fucking explain this movie again like i don't you know i (laughs) 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 just can't do this like just enjoy how do you not get it obviously it started here it goes back it's whatever you know it's like it's just i it was hilarious it was one of that's how dustin and i's friendship is going to end you know (laughs) where i'm not going to understand the movie he's not going to have patience to explain it to me it's gonna be fucking i don't want to talk to you anymore (laughs) yeah but she had way better boobs than you so she lasted a little longer you only (laughs) see from the shoulders up right now (laughs) that's true that's true that's true i haven't played squash with you yet we're gonna have a locker room moment I had to grab a sword off the wall. There, right, but there was so. one more song on this soundtrack right. called, uh, called "Surf Rider" by the uh, the Lovely Ones, and it really it was really basically a remake of uh, a Ventures song. And if you guys remember the Ventures, they, they talk about great uh, surf rock. They had the song "Pipeline." And this was their follow-up. So basically, Surfrider is a, a cover of a song called Spudnik, uh, oh, which nice. is also an instrumental and very much in the same style as, as Dick Dale. Yeah, very cool. Do we have anybody? Adam? Yes. Um, let's see here. We got um, your mom's arch enemy says, I read a stat that the movie poster has showed up in more movie backgrounds than any other poster. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. It's a lot of, I guess, a lot of like, you know, it's iconic. Well, also giving props to, I'm sure filmmakers are kind of like giving props to Tarantino with, by doing that. And it is, it is kind of a classic thing of the 90s. It represents the 90s to me. Yeah. It's I mean, like, figure out how many movies were influenced by it, you know, throughout the 90s. Yeah. It's so cool. So cool. All right. That was an awesome soundtrack. Uh, so, yeah. 
get that. If you've never heard it, you've really missed out on a piece of time that is just genius. All right. Uh, what else we got there, Adam? All right. So we're going to uh, go back to another Edgar Wright movie. Last week, we had Scott Pilgrim versus the world. This week, we have 2017's Baby Driver. And, nice. um, you know, this is a, it's a pretty elaborate soundtrack. And I mean, because the movie really, you know, music is such an enormous part of that movie. Yeah. With, um, you know, all the heists, all the driving, everything is connected to songs. All the songs, you know, a good chunk of the songs on the soundtrack are even talked about between the characters. Um, the the title of the, the movie itself, Baby Driver, is from the Simon and Garfunkel song, Baby Driver, off of um, uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water. And the um, uh, which actually which which on the sound which plays over the credits at the end of the movie and it's also it's one of the last songs on the soundtrack too. But this is a really um, eclectic, eccentric uh, soundtrack too. Just covers so many different areas. We got you know we got some uh, you know we got a lot of rock. I mean, it starts off with the incredible John Spencer Blues Explosion Bell Bottoms, oh, which so is good. just so oh, it's it just such a tremendous driving song perfect in the movie too with that whole opening um uh heist scene and i think it, it also shows up towards the end with um um sampled in uh chase me with danger mouse and run the jewels but um run the jewels there's... that's just favorite band right <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> was there a way they could maybe put Daft punk on here as well <laughs> uh but this uh, is yeah go ahead yeah, uh, no, I was going to say that uh, there, there's also, you know, T-Rex shows up here again. We had a uh, T-Rex last week yeah. on uh, Scott Pilgrim shows up with uh, Deborah. And then we have Beck's Deborah, which is one of, you know, off of arguably one of Beck's best albums, Midnight Vultures. It's such nice. a great deep cut. Yeah, I want to get that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that they did um, two, you know, one of the original artists and then somebody covering in one movie. I think that I've never seen that before. Just, right, where well, they had it in um uh with the Commodores Easy and then uh at the end they have Sky yeah. uh Ferreira's uh, Easy as well, yeah. Yeah, it's very it's interesting. Yeah, this that's a that's a cool weird way to kind of showcase the song twice. And it's like I guess you already have the rights. You're like, "Oh, I'll have somebody else." Sing right. It. But, it, <laughs> <laughs> like, but I just thought that was yeah, that was a groovy way to do it. Jeb, what do you think about this album? I thought it was really cool. Did you see the movie first? Great movie. I, I, no, no. So you, you guys got to start seeing these movies, Jeff. Come yeah. on. This is, a, this is an amazing movie. It's a great it's movie. A really good compliment to um, uh, Pulp Fiction, too. Well, yeah, check it, it really out. Is. I mean, I, you know, I guess, you know, there's, there, there's driving. I guess there's a sure baby enough. involved in there Way somewhere. Way more than that. Okay. Don't, be, don't be ruining good movies. Watching Expendables 5. <laughs> but, when you, but I think when you think of great driving songs, uh, Radar Love is a great oh, yeah. driving song. And that, that yeah. appears on here. And even like Barry White, like, you know, you're driving. Who can't not, like not sing to Barry White, Never Never Gonna Give You Up? You know? That's such a good song. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but no, I haven't seen the movie. So I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have the same affection of it that, that, uh, that you guys do. But I also uh, know that uh, I, I love uh, Jonathan Richmond and yeah. Jonathan Richmond had uh, done the song for like the, he does, did a lot of work with the uh, family brothers, you know, and the, 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 you know, something about Mary soundtrack. That's and, a good you know, soundtrack. A great singer. Yeah. Huh? That's a great <laughs> That's soundtrack. A good soundtrack. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Really good. Yeah. 
But I mean, he's he's a great singer songwriter too. But uh, I will check out this movie. You know, I'm always looking for something to watch. I just need like a few minutes to be able to sit and watch something. Yeah, it's fun. It's got Jamie Fox. It's like you know, it's like it's a shoot 'em up kind of you know heist kind of thing. It's like you'll like it. Yeah, it's really good. But they place the music really well. It's another one where it's like the mood of the soundtrack really helps move the movie along. It's like it's it kind of you know it really works together. Like it's the the music's huge in this. Right. And you got Queen on it too. You got Queen with uh, Brighton Rock. Yeah. That's that's not one of my favorite songs now by them. Who else did I like on this? There was something. um, uh, Nowhere to Run. Great on it. The Damned. Neat, neat, neat. That was a a fantastic scene in the movie too. Here's a band I really like, Blur. Um, oh, yeah. I, I just, that's a band that I really got into. And then I kind of I felt like they just kind of got underplayed a little. Like they just, you know, didn't they hear much. One big hit. Well, at least, at least in the U.S., they got underplayed. Right. I mean, they're still right. huge in the U.K. Yeah. And I think that's probably what happens. They have um, a great album, Think Tank, from 2004. I think it's a really underappreciated album that's worth checking out. Think Tank? Okay. Think Tank, yeah. Get to start emailing me all these things because I always go, yeah, let me check that out. And then I'm like, what Beck album was that? You know, so. (laughs) But uh, yeah, just I just thought they did such a good job with, you know, there's a lot of, you know, it's a nice mix and, you know, just really good songs, you know, kind of go with the scenes. And once you see the movie, Jeff, you'll see that they place everything really well. But I do, I think that's so cool. They did the thing where they just take, you know, different versions of the song and just kind of double it up like that. I think that's, yeah. I don't know. I've never seen anybody do that. You know, I think it's so cool. But uh, any anything on Baby Driver, guys, out there in Twitch land? Let's see. Um, we got Amanda Van Comedy says, I keep confusing it with Drive, which had a killer soundtrack. And that's just the mm-hmm. same thing because they're both, um, you know, they're both about, both about drivers Driving. and heists. Yeah. <laughs> that did have a great, that was uh, the Chromatics which uh what was it there was somebody else on drive that was yeah drive was a little depressing you know whereas i feel baby drivers it it, it goes a little wry but it, it's you know most of it is kind of you know right fun and upbeat and kind of quick camera shots and stuff and you know feels almost like a music video parts of it whereas yeah. drive you just like want to slit your wrist by about an hour in you know it's like would you make another expression on your face you're killing me but uh <laughs> 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 well there's even even uh to the point of uh it being more like a music video too i think there i think the song was maybe it was harlem shuffle at the beginning where yeah. as he's walking down the street and the song's playing the lyrics of the song are popping up on telephone poles on the, uh, the sidewalk right. which yeah. was i think the only point in the the movie where they did that but yeah Rolling stones version of the song uh no it says here bob, uh, bob and earl Mm. What is there was another song I like on here too? Cashmere, that was good. But uh yeah, such a good, you know, eclectic group. And that's what I like about soundtracks. Do you guys have a favorite driving movie? I don't know if anybody's listening. You're playing your Xbox or playing with your box. <laughs> but uh I'm trying to think of any other good driving movies with soundtracks. You know, well, my favorite is, you know freaking Smokey and the Bandit. You know, that's such a great... He's bounding down, right? He's bounding down. It's a, is that Jerry Reed? Yes, Jerry Reed. One yeah, of the best. I love that. Uh, yeah, I met him when I was a kid. It freaked me out. Still, 
Cliff. Such a great moment to meet that dude. I love him. Yeah, that's he. He's that's the guy with a sense of humor. You know, like he had Absolutely. a real good sense of humor in his music. His music's hilarious. But if you've ever, if you've never heard Jerry Reed, like you only know the Smoking the Bandit song. Seek out some Jerry Reed. That guy was very talented. I mean, he's a hell of a picker. He could play anything. But uh, yeah, that and was, he was the one football of my coach. He's the football coach in uh, Waterboy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. He took, he yeah. took Henry Winkler's book. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, so we're just great. Uh, well, all those there was a lot of driving movies when, when I was growing up. You know, it was Cannonball Run it was a big one. You I know? loved, I loved those movies. Yeah, they're fun. they don't do that anymore. You know, they used to just like do these showcase movies like that, and just with a whole bunch of stars in it, and do driving cars, and you know, it's like you'd have like a Lamborghini and a thing and a girl in his, you know, a tight leather thing. And it was just like fun, fun movies. I feel like they stopped making movies. And, like that. and now that's why I'm a Steelers fan is because Mel Tillis and uh, Terry Bradshaw were like, uh, they, they were together. They were like they the were, country, the country the guys, they yeah. were the country guys. They were in this like, you know, Mustang or something, but it was just so right. funny. And then like, you know, Mel Tillis. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, man, I forgot about that. Yeah, those are great movies. Now they make uh, the Grandfather. <laughs> What's the Grandfather? <laughs> oh, come on, doesn't you don't oh, know the Grandfather? You don't want to sit. You don't sit there and watch a movie about a guy going through Alzheimer's. Oh, oh, oh. fuck yeah! Is that a real yeah, movie? Well, well, yeah, or is yeah. That, or is that your like, life? Who's movie? What movie is that? <laughs> That's a movie. That was a, People are. Yeah, uh, was it Anthony Hopkins? Just yeah, the, won father, the Academy Award. Father. Oh, yeah. the father. The one that the one that just uh, that he just won for. Um, oh, he just best won yeah. for best. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah man, it's, it's, I mean, whatever. It's no Hooper. It's no Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Hooper. Was Hooper. That's the first movie. time I saw boobs. Is Hooper? Yeah, that, <laughs> she jumped out of that cake. Like there they are. Terry Bradshaw's haircut in Hooper was kind of like what Lloyd Christmas's haircut was in Dumb and Dumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was Terry Bradshaw on Hooper too? Yeah, come I on, man. He was in all those. I just Burt remember McCannonball. That was a while. That was that was pretty yeah, early. Michael man. Vincent. You were probably a kid, man. You couldn't have been that old when no, Hooper no, came I was, out. Listen, I was um, fifteen or something for sure. Yeah, I think I was older. I think I was like uh, forty-seven, and when that movie came out, and <laughs> no, it, it's like I used to watch that all the time on uh, VHS. You know, it was like yeah. it was like it was like one of the movies like my friend had, and we watched it all the time. I loved that movie. Yeah, this is a lot of good driving movies. You know, we we um, I think I pulled Easy Rider. That's a good one. Motorcycle movie. Easy Rider is a good one. You know, but, so we uh, got uh, the chase. Which I think was that was good. That was with was uh, that uh, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. The, <laughs> I love Charlie Sheen. I don't care what he says or does. He was great in that. Like he's he's great a great actor. Platoon. He's so funny. But yeah, that's oh, a good movie. It's a yeah, it's a kind of a kidnapping, fall in love kind of race car, you know, on the highway kind of movie. I think that was the one that had Flea in it. Also, yes, Flea's in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, we, yeah, we got another vote for Cannibal Run as the best nice. driving movie. Uh, we got the uh, best. It's the most fun, though. Right, we got Jackie uh, Gleason kills it too. Well, he's not. Nah, he's not in Cannibal Run. He's in Smoking the Bandit. Oh no, no Smoking. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. My my bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah that's Dom Deluise and Dom Deluise combo. Listen, you get those Fair movies Fawcett. are easy. in that one. But those movies are all easy to blur. Uh, I, I don't know. Smoking the Bandit movies. is is kind of holds on its own for me because it's like it's it's not like a big kind of you know it's not a cameo movie like it's real specific. But yeah, I know what you're saying. But it's definitely 
you know, it's a big story. You know, she leaves. She doesn't want to marry the guy. She ends up in, you know, in the bandit's car and then they have a ch- the chase. They're trying to get the beer. Like, it's a whole thing. We're cannonballs. Was, it, Pat, was the guy Pat McCormick and uh, uh, Paul Williams? Yes. Yes. One to, to yeah. Beer. They just said they're just rich and they want to do these bets just because just, so they're bored. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. But uh, Smokey, the first Smokey and the Bandit is phenomenal. But after that, it gets pretty bad. But the first mm-hmm. one's amazing. Now I want to go back and watch all this stuff. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Adam, you're up. Take us out. What's going on? All right. Jeff, I got, all right. I Jeff's got to take off. Of all right, Jeff. We'll see you, buddy. Good talking to you guys. I'll see you. Good talking to you. All right, Jeff. See you later. See you later, all right, so- sucker. All right. What do you got? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Before I get into this, what would you say is your uh, your favorite 90s soundtrack? Uh, favorite 90s soundtrack. See, see, here's the deal, Adam. Like, I went through a lot of weird phases in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like I was because I was a missionary, you know, I went to South America. So I was kind of weird about music. And then when I came back, you know, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say um, Tarantino's script, but not his film. I really love the uh, Natural Born Killer soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I thought that's that a, has some cool. That's a great one cool music on it it has my probably my favorite song of all time is uh at least top 10 is the cowboy junkies uh sweet jane like i love i love their version of that i got i got to see them do the trinity sessions which was absolutely incredible and that's and sweet jane's on that one do that yeah yeah that was uh you must have been young man no, no. So, uh, tr- oh, the they Cowboy Junkies. It. Yeah, it was oh, okay. it was probably oh, about okay. six or seven years ago. Oh, okay. So they were just oh, coming back phenomenal. through doing an anniversary tour of it. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I love them. Like, I've been, yeah. I was, I was just uh, recently trying to find um, that album on vinyl. It's pretty expensive, actually. But um, yeah, they're one of my favorites. Like, her voice is fantastic. Oh yeah. And just and that cover is just one of the best. Even Lou Reed was like, she crushed it. She's you know like let her have yeah. it. Like yeah, it, that's yeah, that's so yeah. I like that soundtrack, and um, that's one that comes off the top of my head. I'm sure there's others, but uh, what yeah. about you? Are there other nineties? Uh, yeah, I would go with. Um, for me, I, I always feel the the nineties was kind of and probably because I was a teen in the in the in the nineties. That was probably I always feel as the apex of movie soundtracks, and and there's. Um, I probably put Boogie Nights as my favorite. Was it nineties? Yeah, I didn't remember. Ninety seven, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I just pulled um I was at uh the record store and I pulled um uh Night Ranger. Oh yeah. Sister Christian. For, <laughs> only for Sister Christian. Like I just got it for that <laughs> for that song. Like the rest of the albums, yeah, it's all right. But that song's great. And then it's such a great in the movie, it's so good, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just it's fantastic. I mean, that was the that that album introduced well that that soundtrack really introduced me to um pet sounds the beach boys pet sounds mm. with uh god only knows yeah and, that's right um also I, I just went back to it um recently the fear and loathing uh soundtrack is oh, fantastic okay. also and that's also 97 yeah that i yeah i went i was a big hunter thompson guy so i yeah i'd yeah. like to I, I, the music was you know i got to get back into it just to watch it again to hear the music because it's like you know there's so much going on in that film Right. Plus, before every single song, you have um, Johnny Depp as Hunter S. Thompson just reading, you know, quotes from from the book. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought that I thought the movie itself was pretty faithful to the book, which was absolutely unfilmable. But um, yeah, they did a good job with some of the yeah. special effects and stuff at that time because they didn't have what they have now. Like they could yeah. really they could really flip that out now. You know what I mean? With all yeah. the the you know 
technology they have. But uh, yeah, and one thing about music and movies is like, it's that's why it's so good to go, you know, get the soundtrack after the film because then you can appreciate the music a little more and a little more in depth because when you're watching the film, Sometimes you just, it's hard to take all it all in at once because you're so visually stimulated. Right. And then there's like the music's happening and the things happening, and the actors are acting, the explosions are ha- whatever else is going on in the movie. It's ho- so hard to you know, just be like, oh, that's a great song. Like it's, you know, hard to kind of like zero in because you're just so right. overstimulated. Right. Very cool. And um, also, since you like Blur, um, the train spotting soundtrack ah, is also a fantastic soundtrack. One. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good one. That's I really yeah, I remember I can't think it was when I was getting back into music and then that was like, you know, great one. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean that's good. And also has pulp on it and pulp uh pulp's uh different I think it's different classes, one of the best albums of the nineties. Yeah, it's got Iggy Pop, it's got like oh yeah, cool Iggy Pop, on. we got Lou Reed on there too. Yeah. That's a good one. But uh, yeah, it's like soundtracks, man. It's like you just, you know, they just kind of like, they're kind of like best of, or with Tarantino, it's like he doesn't always do a best of. He'll do some weird song that he'll just kind of throw in that oh, yeah. fits the scene of the movie. And then you just like ends up being a hit that, you know, normally it wouldn't be. It'd just be some B side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very you see cool. the same thing with Wes Anderson with his films and, um, uh, you know, the early uh, Paul Thomas Anderson films too. Yeah, and in some movies, some movies are terrible movies and have great soundtracks. Um, right. Suicide Squad is a terrible movie. <laughs> Pretty good soundtrack. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, they have the rights to all the good shit. So, yeah. you know, if they do a good job. It sounds good. But then, you know, there's, there's lots of movies like that. You know, Kong yeah. Island or something like that. It's like right. crappy movies, but then they have these great soundtracks. Did you see the trailer for the new uh, Suicide Squad? Oh, they're doing it? No, I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah, this one looks a hell of a lot better. <laughs> yeah, though I hope I root I root I root for them to get it to get one of these damn DC's DC right, films you know? right. Yeah. I really I, I root for them to get it right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel like the Joker was its own thing, so it doesn't count as a DC film. But uh, you know, I and I thought it was okay. I enjoyed everybody in Suicide Squad. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if Jared Leto or maybe he ruined it. I don't know. But sometimes there's certain points of it where it just didn't work, but but, but yeah, I'll, I'll watch it, you know. Yeah. Very but, cool. Um, yeah, since we've been talking soundtracks uh, this Friday, we got, uh, I can never pronounce his name, but, uh, you know, Tarantino is a big fan. And uh, this is the guy, the uh, I guess the uh, father of the Spaghetti Wednesday, uh, Western, oh. Ennio um, Morricone. Morricone. <laughs> there we go. Ennio Morricone. <laughs> It's hard to say, and then you, and right. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a Spanish swear word. So you right. gotta be, <laughs> you gotta be careful. You say it the right way. Uh, we got, uh, yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly. A limited, uh, one hundred eighty gram vinyl and a uh, fistful of dollars are both uh, reissued uh, on, on vinyl. Awesome. So those should be pretty good. And then, uh, you know, since we since we talked about Iggy Pop before, Iggy Pop, Iggy and Ziggy, Cleveland '77. So you got Iggy Pop and Bowie performing live together. With uh, Iggy on vocals and Bowie, I think was on piano or keyboard, or probably joined in at some point too. Um, and then another uh, soundtrack, Robert Ziegler's "Music from the Star Wars Saga: The Essential Collection." So it's okay. uh, orchestral tracks from Episode One all the way to not to Episode Nine, but to Episode Eight. So it's okay. uh, Robert Ziegler with the uh, Slovak uh, National Symphony Orchestra. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I played the hell out of that. Uh first star wars soundtrack and i just remember having my little action figures and then just like playing the music and making the whole thing happen yeah uh, 
Star Wars, baby. Very cool, man. This is a great show. So, uh, hey, everybody, thank you for listening to Dustin's Vinyl. Thank you to Jeffrey Paul, Adam Holtz. Uh, this is a good show. So get you, get you some soundtracks, man. That's where you find the good stuff. There's a lot of gems on there that you, you know, you can really be, discover while you're kind of like listening to this stuff. So, thanks, everybody. Dustin's Vinyl. We'll see you next time. Keep on listening. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 